So, my voice sounds really bad, and I, I will do my best to increase my volume, even though um, it's a little weak. But I am much better than I was. <laughs> I promise you that. Uh, my whole family went through whatever this is. I think the doctors are calling it the Southeast flu because so many of us here have had it. Um, it was a fun time, fun time. Good news is you get lots of rest because you don't have any other choice. You sleep a lot. Um, but it's a, it's a rough little cold, chest cold that we seem to have. So uh, we appreciate the prayers uh, and the concerns from all of you guys. And uh, we ask um, that uh, look around. Look around at the people sitting next to you. Is somebody missing? Do you maybe don't see somebody today that you normally see? Um, give them a call this week. Just see how they're doing. They might have this garbage that's going around. Of maybe something else is going on in their life. You know, look around and see who's missing today, and and call them this week. See see if you could reach out to them. Just see how they're doing. Uh, this time of year, we can all use a little extra encouragement especially with things like this going around and the weather and everything that are going on. So today is a very special Sunday. Uh, today is Mission Sunday. This isn't the only Mission Sunday that we'll have this year, but this is the kickoff of our mission season. We need to be thinking about what's coming up. And today, we're going to talk about mission. Now, I was hard-pressed to find anywhere in my English Bible where you find the actual word missionary. Sorry. <clears throat> but I know that we get the word missionary from the Latin word mito, which means to send, and is closely affiliated with the, New, with the Greek New Testament word apostolo, right, which apostolo means to send. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, there's plenty of examples of people who left what they were used to, left all their comforts of home, their friends, their family, and went on mission for God. There's plenty of examples that we read about in the New Testament. We really like to read about Paul and his missionary journey a lot of times. Um, in the New Testament, there are certain Greek words that are directly associated with those who did missions work. They help to identify exactly who a missionary is supposed to be. Martitero means to bear witness, testify, evidence. Um, and forgive me, my accent is really off today. Eugilazo <laughs> is uh, means to proclaim, bring good news, tidings. Um, and I'm not sure how you say this one. I, I say this one wrong a lot of times. Caruso means to preach. Uh, these are words that we usually read about in the New Testament. If you, if you look at the Greek in a later, you'll see these words, and these words mean to, to bring the, the message, to be a missionary. It's safe to deduce that missionary is someone who has a message from God, in the words that we understand. And, and they're given this authority through God and through the church to proclaim the message for the purpose of evangelism, and, and that's what the missionary is supposed to be. But here's the challenge. We're all called to be missionaries. 
Maybe not missionary with a capital M, somebody who sacrifices their lifestyle to go do that, but missionary with a lowercase m. We're all called to support the mission of the church. We're all called to be on mission and to be willing to share that testimony, to share and evangelize and talk to people about who God is. All Christians are called to be missionaries to all corners of the world. In classical Greece, it would have been used to officially send out a fleet. The, the words apostolo would have been used to send out a fleet or an army is where that word comes from. Apostolo, to send out. We're all called to be sent out. It isn't hard to find the heart of God throughout the Bible from the fall of humankind to the redemptive proclamation uh, to send a seed to crush the head of Satan. We just need to look at John 3.16, and it's obvious of God's love. We see God's love for this world and his desire to share this message of love with every creature on the earth. God is God of all nations and of all people and of all groups. And he died for all people and all nations and all groups. And, and when the New Testament church was instituted, missions was at the forefront of what they were doing. It wasn't long before the apostles would, would go out and start spreading the message to foreign territories. For some, it can be hard to imagine people being called to leave what they know and what they understand and relocate to a new place, an unknown place, to preach a gospel message to an unknown people. If you think about it, though, Jesus, the very Son of God, was commissioned by his Father, and he left his heavenly throne to bring those same glad tidings to a confused world. He already set an example for us. And all of us are called to follow that same example of sharing that good news. <coughs> but as I was putting this together, I kept thinking about different missionaries that I knew. Now, I've known missionaries in Ukraine. I've known that you know, serving somewhere here in the United States. And I've known missionaries that have gone to places like China and um, uh, to Vietnam and to different parts of the world, to Africa. And I know people that have just like packed up and sold their stuff and moved across the world to serve as a missionary. What motivates a person to leave all their comforts behind. To just give up everything they've got and go and serve God by reaching a group of people they've never met, they possibly don't know. It's kind of a scary proposition when you think about it. What, what motivates a church to actively support a missionary that they hardly know in a foreign land? Well, consider the testimony of the apostles in Acts 5. We're told in verses 40 through 42 that the apostles were beaten. They were beaten for their preaching. 
and they were told if they do not cease preaching, then they would be beaten again. What motivated them? Let's take a look at that. If you open up your Bibles to Acts, <coughs> Acts chapter 5, verse 41. Um, Acts chapter 5, verse 41 says, Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing. Remember, they'd just been beaten by the council for sharing the message of who Jesus Christ was. They just left the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. What motivates somebody to do that? What motivated them? What makes a person who is just beaten for preaching the gospel want to go back out and talk to the very first person they see about that gospel, probably within earshot of the guy that just beat him? For them, I think it was the reality that they had seen a risen Savior. They had seen this man who had walked and taught with them for so many years die and then resurrect in front of them. For them, that was worth getting beaten for. Paul, one of the great missionaries in the first century, put it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. For the love of Christ controls us. And perhaps your, your Bibles use a different, verse, a different word there from control. Maybe it's compel. The Greek word that that translates into means complete dominance. It completely dominates him, is what he's saying. In other words, Paul is so overwhelmed by the fact that Christ loved him and died for him. And, and the power in the resurrection, he couldn't help but spread the good news. How about this? What motivates us? What motivates us today in 2020 in Southeast Church of Christ? There's a lot of motivators that we run into. Some of the most common ones, unfortunately, are things like guilt or anger or fear. But we're all motivated by something. What is it that will make you want to take that first step to move towards a life of mission? There's, there's different roles to mission. Not everyone's called to be the vocational missionary, the capital M missionary. Not all of us are called to be temporary missionaries, where we go on short-term missions. But all of us are called into the field of mission work. And what is the church's role in that mission? Have you ever thought about that? 
if each person, a person is called to at least be a lowercase missionary, a lowercase m missionary, then what is the church's role as a community within that? How can missionaries ensure the missionaries have the resources and the abilities to do what they need to do? What is the church's responsibility in that? I think that's a great question for us to ponder a little bit today. <coughs> Excuse me. Second Corinthians chapters 8 through 9 lay out a great pattern for the church to follow. Paul used the, uh, the Macedonian Christians to explain to the Corinthians of ideas of how people lowercase m missionaries, can support the mission of God. How, how everybody has a part to play in what's going on. The churches in Macedonia had very little, yet they gave out of their poverty to support Paul on his missionary journeys. That's a moving and inspiring story that he tells. Paul has no ill motives. He wasn't trying to trick them. He wasn't trying to rob them. He wasn't running a fundraising scam. Rather, he was showing them what motivation out of love looks like. If we're not called to be vocational missionaries, then it is our job to support those who are. We do do that by giving and by praying for those who can and do serve in foreign mission fields. So, Who are the missionaries of Southeast? Who are the missionaries of Southeast Church of Christ today? Many of you have served in the past, and we appreciate that. You have served, and some of us serve, and have served, and still serve. A lot of us serve here presently, and some of us serve abroad. To understand who our missionaries are, We're going to have to understand what our mission is. Last week, we read the mission. Let's try to do that again this week. Remember last week, we read what the mission is. The mission is simple. The mission is Matthew 28, starting in verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. There's our mission. Our mission is to share that very message that Jesus came to share with the world. Our mission is to preach and to share the message that Christ is teaching. This is our mission. Where is our mission field? Well, Southeast Mission Field is here. It starts right here. It starts right here in Aurora at 14601 East Yale Avenue. If you don't recognize the address, it's the address of the building you're sitting in. It's in our homes. It's, it's at our, the restaurants that we might go to later on today. It's at our neighbors. 
It's with our friends. It's with our coworkers. It's even in places that we shop for our groceries. It sounds weird, but years ago, I told Sandra that I wanted us to start buying our meat at Sam's Meat. It's a local butcher shop right over here off of Chambers and Islet. She protested, rightly so. It's expensive. It's not cheap. But it is high-quality meat. And I said, you know what, though? We're part of this community, and we have a responsibility as being part of the community to give back to help that community grow. And part of that is investing in small businesses. No dishonor to any of you who work for big corporations or are part of a big corporation. But it is our responsibility as individuals to take care of those small businesses as well because they're a part of who we are as a culture. So with some reluctance, she allowed me to start buying our meat there. That was some years ago. They were taken back after a while as to how the Brock family acted. I didn't know what that meant. They're still explaining it to me. It's been years. But there was something different about us, they said. There was something different about the way we acted when we came in and we purchased food as a family or as individuals. And they got so intrigued, the owner got so intrigued with our kids, just having conversations with any of our children anytime. If we showed up without our kids, she would go, where are the kids? We'd say, well, they're at school or they're at this. And she, oh, well, bring them in next time. Well, as things went on, Remington became of the age that he could get a job. We mentioned to them that Remington was looking for a job, and they said, I'd hire him in a second. Is he interested? Remington said, sure. Remington started working for them. They said, well, we thought Remington was an interesting kid before we hired him. Now we're even more impressed. He said, where did he learn all this stuff that he knows about character and about people? In the church. It's a part of who we are. They know that I'm a preacher. They know what I do. And from time to time, they would come to me and they'd ask me theological questions. And they'd ask me about different things, about beliefs, and not necessarily what our beliefs were, but, but who God is and, and more core type beliefs. And now, this summer in July, the owner's daughter one of the workers there, are going to get married. And they asked me to do the wedding. People are always watching. They're always watching what every one of us is doing. You may think that you're at your local grocery store or your local meat store isn't your mission field. Your mission field is everywhere. Everywhere once you step outside these doors. Everybody is watching you. They may not know that you're a Christian, but when they find out that you're a Christian, they'll watch with more intensity. They want to know why you do the things you do. Our mission doesn't end here. It goes on. It doesn't just stop here in Aurora. It goes on outside into other states. We have sent people to other states to be missionaries. I like that. I like the way we say that. The elders have always said, 
We didn't lose people. We sent missionaries. For instance, the Benoits, great family, been here for a long time. It took a long time to get them trained up, but now we sent them back to Texas. <laughs> they are down there in Texas, and I am sure they are saving all of Texas because they needed it. Now, there was some that were saved in Texas, like the Bennets, that are now up here with us. And we're blessed for that. But our mission field doesn't just stop within the confines of the United States. Southeast mission field goes on. We've been to places like Mexico. We've been to the Dominican Republic. We've been to Moscow. We've been to Almaty, Kazakhstan. How many churches you know have been to Almaty, Kazakhstan? How many? We've been there. And we've been to Ukraine. And our heart lies a lot with Ukraine. I don't know, I couldn't say it's any one person, but there's a people there that are willing to receive the gospel message. And for years now, we've gone to Ukraine, and we've taught in camps. And last year, we got the opportunity to go and do something uniquely special. We got to go into a public school with public school children and public school teachers and teach Christianity. They were so impressed. The school administration said, there's something different. Why are you guys so different? Where did you guys learn all this stuff? Just like with my kids. Church. This is what we do. This is who we are as a people. They were so impressed that they invited us to bring a team back this year. And the school superintendent told me, she apologized. She said, we didn't give you enough time with the kids. We're going to give you more time with the kids. So throughout the day, you're going to have more time and you're going to have more days with the kids. By the way, do you think you can bring some lessons for their parents? Because their parents want to meet you guys and they want to sit down and do classes in the evenings. So, I would like the Roger family, Casey Rogers and Paige Rogers, and Thomas isn't here today to stand up. Sandra, my wife, stand up. Um, Jesse, stand up. Jesse Anthony. <coughs> Who am I missing? Who am I missing that's here today? Am I missing anybody else who is committed to the team for 2020? For 2020. Patrick's not committed to the team for 2020. <laughs> Patrick went in 2019. <clears throat> Take a good look at these, at these four, okay? These four plus myself are the start of the 2020 team. We also have Thomas Rogers, Paige's husband, that's going. And we also have two ladies from Texas, and one of them's going to bring her husband as well. That is the start of our 2020 team that's going to Ukraine to serve in that mission field. Thank you. <coughs> Excuse me. We're all called to be on mission, each and every one of us. We don't get exemptment from that. We are called to serve and to share that message. We don't get to say things like, oh, I don't have a gifting for that, or I don't have time for that. We're all called to be on mission. This group that stood before you today, 
they have a unique ability to serve in a foreign country. They have time to take off from work to go do that and the ability to do that. And they're blessed to do that. And they're grateful to each and every one of you because without you supporting them, they can't do that. We can't get there without you guys. You guys are very much a part of that mission with us. And it brings great joy to our hearts when we go over there and they go, how did you get here? How not it so expensive? And we say, yes. But there are 100 plus people back in Aurora, Colorado who love you so much that they wanted to send us to be with you. It's so important. So, what makes mission possible at Southeast is each and every one of you. Your 2020 mission team is ready to go. We're training, we're preparing, and we're getting ready to go over to Kharkiv, Ukraine, again this summer to make more of an impact for God, to share more to share more Bibles and to spread more gospel message with more people than we have before. So make sure that you're ready to support them as well when that time comes. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord, we thank you for the mission. Sometimes we look at the mission, Lord, and we're afraid. Perhaps we feel guilt because we haven't followed through. Perhaps we're afraid because the daunting financial situation in front of us, Lord, or because we have to go to a foreign land or because we have to go near a war. Perhaps we're angry because we feel like we do so little and we don't do enough. Lord, put all those emotions aside for us. Help us to understand what it means to follow you and to be a disciple of you, to be evangelistic, to be an evangel, to share your message. Lord, we ask that you watch over the team that's getting ready to go over there to Ukraine. We ask that you continue to watch over all the efforts that are happening here in Aurora. And we ask that you continue to bless Southeast and its mission work through you, Lord that are recognized where you're working at in this world around us and that we will contribute and that we will share and that we will work with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.